All right, good morning, High Point Church. Hey, everybody, it's great to be here with you today. All right, I'm going to start with the end right now. Here's what I want you to know today. You ready? God has called you, filled, and empowered you to pursue righteousness and good works. I'm going to say it again. God has called you, He has filled you, and empowered you to pursue righteousness and good works. That's where we're going today. Um, we're going to be uh, looking in Hebrews chapters 5 and 6. So if you have a, a Bible or you want to open up on your phone, that's going to be our main scripture starting in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. God has called you. If you're a Christ follower, He has called you. He has filled you and empowered you. And in advance, He wants you and has created for you to pursue good works and righteousness. Our lives ultimately should be about the kingdom of God. And a lot of times, and I think Gerald was really speaking to this, a lot of times we put so much emphasis on salvation, right? On, on coming to know Jesus, on, on being set free, you know, the, the initial transformation that happens when we enter into a relationship with Christ that we forget that there's so much more to living for Jesus and to being part of the kingdom of God. We often forget that our lives are, be, are supposed to be victorious, that we are supposed to be constantly growing and becoming more mature. That our, our lives, we should be you know, waking up day in, day out, passionate about not staying in the same spot, but about learning and growing and being productive in Christ. We've been talking about different chairs that we have a tendency to sit in. Um, as, as, as Christians. Um, and that, that we sometimes get comfortable in and don't want to leave. Well, today's chair, got one for you. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to put it over here. Today's chair is the high chair. Yeah. There we go. All right. Now, I want today's message to be full of exhortation, full of encouragement. I want you to walk away with, with more of a passion and understanding that you are called by God, that you are filled and empowered to pursue righteousness and good works. This here is often where we sit. And we get comfortable. And, and many Christians, I'm, I'm not talking, I'm sure I'm not talking to any of you. This is not, yeah, yeah, you know. But many Christians, five years later, 10 years later, 20 years potentially after they enter into that initial salvific moment of giving their life to Jesus, still find themselves needing their food cut up and eating 
the pureed, you know, applesauce. And that's, that's not bad. I mean, when you're feeding it to your kid, I know you're getting a little, your parents getting a little yourself sometimes. Um, it's full, you know. It, it, but we have, to, we have to get up. We have to move on from here. And it's interesting that the scripture exhorts us to do this over and over and over again. The title and the theme of today is Pursuing Maturity. Pursuing Maturity. Here's, here's what I almost titled it. I almost said Growing in Maturity. But then I thought, you know, people could think that, that maybe, you know, you don't, there's not, you don't have to do a lot of work to grow in maturity. You know, just growing in maturity. That is just going to happen naturally. Like, if you keep feeding a baby, they're going to grow, right? They're going to get bigger and eventually have to move out of that chair. But when you think about it, so physically, we grow. We feed ourselves, we eat, we grow. Think about it spiritually. We don't just naturally grow in our faith. We don't just naturally, you know, become more mature in Christ. And we're going to break this down because the scripture has a lot to say about this. That we often get stuck needing milk, the scripture says, needing soft foods. And we don't move on to maturity. And you're going to be surprised at what the scripture is talking about. When, when we, well, you, you may or may not be, but you'll be surprised about what the scripture says are the elementary teachings, the baby food, the milk. It's pretty crazy. Because most of us find ourselves focusing only on the elementary teachings and never moving on. Pursuing maturity, pursuing righteousness, and pursuing good works. Stepping out of the high chair, owning our faith, becoming day in, day out, more like Christ. Becoming Christ-like. And when we do this, that is where God is. I want, to, I want you to, to realize, when, when we are willing to move on from the elementary teachings, from the soft foods and the milk, and we're willing to move on from that, we experience God in new ways. That is where the empowering grace comes in. Like, there's an initial grace of God, right? There's an, there's an initial like moment where God transforms us, makes us new, and we are new creations. But then the scripture says we have to work out our salvation daily, that we, we, we have to pursue sanctification, that we have to pursue the purposes of God and the good works He has for us. And that this is active, this is passionate, this is putting everything who we are into it. Parents, what do you want for your kids? You, you most times want them to grow up and you know, mature and have a mind of their own and, you know, move from one stage to the next in life. So, I want you to know that being a baby Christian is not a bad thing. We all started out as a baby Christians, right? We all started out needing milk 
We all started here, but we cannot stay here. We have to grow in spiritual maturity and move on. In the New Testament, the author of Hebrews, Paul, Peter, James, are consistent about this. Oh, you, if you continue to read through the epistles, through the, the, the letters in the New Testament, over and over and over again, there's an exhortation to the churches that they would grow and pursue spiritual maturity. That they, and, and it's interesting that they needed to be reminded of this. Every church seemed like they needed to be reminded of this because it's so easy to just hang out here, right? Like, I do it sometimes. Even, you know, how, how old am I? 30-some years on in Christ, I can find myself getting comfortable and wanting my food cut up and being fed. Like, feed me. I just want to sit here, hear a good sermon, and go about my week, right? Maybe attend a small group. Feed me. That's what a, a baby says. They, when they're not being fed, what do they do? They cry, right? Or throw something. A tantrum, one or the other. Move on from this stage, the Scripture tells us. Look at Hebrews 6. We're going to start 1 through 3, and then we're going to jump back. It says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about Christ, let us press on to maturity. Again, that's an active, you know, intentional pursuit. The message scripture, message transliteration just says this. So come on, let us leave preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. I, I love that imagery. Leave this preschool finger painting stuff, right? And move on to the grand work of art that is found in pursuing an intimate, ongoing, life-giving, fruitful life that's found in Christ. Move on from, from this stuff and embrace all that Christ has for you. It's like when we leave this chair, there's so much more out there. Toddlers love exploring. You know, as you become a little older, a teenager, you know, you, you start having your own thoughts and you start pursuing ideas and, and you start, you know, using the talents that, that you naturally have that God's given you to do stuff. And then as you mature, you begin investing in others. You begin being really productive. This is, this is the naturally what we're supposed to do in Christ. We're going to continue on. Verse 2. He's going to describe what the elementary teachings are here. Now we're going to get right into it. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instruction about baptism and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead in eternal judgment. And this will do if God, we will do if God permits. 
So we see here the elementary teachings. Hang with me. Elementary teachings in Christ is repentance, faith, baptism, receiving of the Holy Spirit, the empowering work of God, resurrection from the dead, and the end times judgment to come. That's pretty wild. I, I spend a lot of my time focusing on those things, right? Revisiting those things. You know, trying to, trying to gra grapple with those things. And I don't think that that's wrong. But it's saying you can't stay there. Like, this is the beginning of faith in Christ. This is the elementary teachings there's so much more the author of Hebrews is saying. Paul says, Peter says, James says. There's so much more in Christ. Now, elementary teachings doesn't mean not important or not essential. The elementary teachings are what we build our life on, right? Like, we, I, I meant to bring a purple, my purple book up here. I left it in the car. The, pur the purple book, Biblical Foundations, there, there's, there's lots of, of tools we can use to learn about you know, the essential teachings, the elementary teachings, to, to, to build a strong foundation in Christ. We absolutely need that. But the foundation is supposed to be for something. What's a foundation usually for when we're talking about building? It's, it's for the building. Right? It's for the structure that goes on top. We are supposed to move on from laying foundations. Get those foundations laid. Faith, baptism, understanding about the Holy Spirit, understanding about the resurrection from the dead, understanding about the, the end times of judgment as much as we can. Recognizing that, that that is a thing. That one day Christ will come back and we will spend everlasting with Him. Move on from that once those are laid. And we're going to look at what that looks like in a second. The fact that God grants us repentance and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus, that is the good news. But the good news doesn't stop there. The good news continues. That is just the beginning of the good news, not the end of the good news. There's so much more that God wants for us. Jesus, when he said, come and follow me, he wasn't saying, come and accept me for who I am. He was saying, come and follow me. And what did he preach over and over and over again? The kingdom of God. That, that we will be victorious. That the kingdom will, will advance and expand and grow. That we have, have been called that we've been empowered, that we've been gifted for righteousness and good works. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to keep going. Verse six, Hebrews 6, 1 started off with the word therefore. When you see that, what do you usually do? You rewind a little bit, right? You go back. So in the Bible, a lot of times you'll see therefore, and you just kind of move back a little bit and go see why that therefore is therefore. Right? Why? Yeah, that's, I think that's right. 
Um, so we're just going back just a little, and there's more therefores in Hebrews 3, 4, 5, chapters 3, 4, 5. This week, go and read it. Go and read the first five, six chapters of Hebrews. It'll bless you. Um, but we're just going to go back to 5.11. And it says this. We have much to say about this. The, just before here, it's talking about Jesus, talking about you know, life in Christ, all of that. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make, make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. You're happy with the elementary teachings. Just, just sitting in your salvation and growing bigger, but not maturing. You're happy there. You no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. So right there we see one of the the things that is where we're moving on from elementary teachings is pursuing of righteousness. First Corinthians. 3, 3 says this, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. That's interesting. Couldn't address you as people who live by the Spirit. So when I think of living by the Spirit, there, we, we can do you know, a whole series, and people do, and we have, on living by the Spirit. So I'm just going to touch on it for two seconds. It's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit that lives inside, lives and dwells inside of us, that we are the temple of God, hearing that and obeying. Living by the Spirit is obeying the promptings in the Word of God. Is, is a life full of obedience to Christ, that we are connecting with, with God and that we are obeying Him, living by the Spirit. And that there's an empowering grace that we've talked about already, that God doesn't leave doesn't leave us on our own. We, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been empowered with the grace of God to live this life. But as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ, I give you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy, and quarrelsome among you, are you not worldly? So we're, we're, we're getting the list on the other side. There's going to be two kind of lists that we're going to see in a couple of these scriptures. Two lists. One, the list where, you know, it's it, the, the, the worldly side, where you're, you're over here, you're happy in your salvation, and yeah, you know, you're jealous. You're, you're envious. You have, you've got, you're still struggling with these elementary issues now. So we got the elementary teachings, and we've got some elementary issues. You're throwing temper tantrums, right? You're, you're, you're crying out for more milk. And the scripture's saying we have to put those things away. We'll get there. 
So what does maturity look like? We're going to keep, keep digging in. As we do, I want you want to say it's about transformation. It's about regeneration. And it's about the empowering, as we just saw, of the Holy Spirit. So transformation. That we recognize and embrace that we are transformed by Christ. And that we are now called to live differently. That we are, we've been regenerated. That we no longer have to pursue the, the, the things that pull us and so easily entangle us. The, the sin that, that we once pursued or our, our own worldly desires. But now in Christ, we've been regenerated and we can now, we've been set free so we can pursue righteousness. It's both character and our actions. The work of the Holy Spirit that we fully submit to, to what he is doing and how he is leading. This was in my, my, um, my study Bible. Little, little snippet. I wanted to read it to you. Right at this, this section in the scripture. It says, The Spirit's work in the life of a Christian begins in the work of salvation. In, be, in bringing a person to faith in Christ and is continued through the work of sanctification and helping the Christian to become progressively more like Christ throughout the course of his or her life. That's the, that's the beautiful painting. That's the, the work of art that we become more and more like Christ. We leave these elementary paintings and we, we embrace the full work of art that God has for our life. The, 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 the abundant life that he talks about in the scripture. It also said that God empowers us and dwells in us. That he that in, that, that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. That he, he equips us with, with gifts for good works. That the, the Spirit is the comforter and, and the one who leads and guides us. So, so much about being mature is about being connected to what the Spirit of God is doing in us and wants to do through us that you are called, that you are filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, that He is in you, He wants to use you, and it's the, the Spirit's there to remind you of His teachings and to empower you and give you the grace to pursue what? Righteousness and good works. Being a churchgoer, being a Christ follower is not about salvation. It's not about getting into heaven. The kingdom starts now. That's what, that's what we see. That salvation is the first step into eternal life with God. That the moment you give your life to Jesus, we are entering into resurrection power and eternal life. And now it's our job to pursue becoming more like him every day and making the impact in the people's lives around us. We embrace the work of the Holy Spirit. 
We allow him to make our character more like him, and we obey what he tells us to do. And we say it here like this, that we are disciples, and we are disciple-makers who pursue Christ in heart, in mind, and in action. With our heart, with our desires, with, with everything, everything in our being, the most important part of us, we pursue Christ. In our thoughts, that we dedicate our thoughts to the Lord, that they would be pure, that we would think upon things that are good, that are holy, and that are, I'm making this, this part up, righteous. There's, there was three things in that verse that I just... In heart, in mind, and in our actions, that how we live, how, the, the things that we do, choose to do, would honor and glorify God and would draw people to Him. All right, we're going to talk quickly about solid food as we begin to wrap. Hebrews 5.14, where we just were. We're in Hebrews 5 and 6. Hebrews 5.14 is the last verse of Hebrews 5 going into 6.1, which we just, we just went through. It says, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. It's for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. We've used this analogy before, but who knows that you don't just get swole by sitting on the couch, right? You might get big, <laughs> but you're not going to get swole. It's constant use and training to build muscles and to get strong and, and, and to, to be fit. Constant use and training. This is true spiritually. If we are going to move on from the high chair, from the toddler phase, from the teenage phase, and continue one step at a time throughout our whole life, continuing to pursue and to grow, then it's going to take constant, this is what the Scripture says, to mature, constant use. They train themselves to distinguish good from evil. So we know right now that part of maturing is, is a pr pursuit of righteousness. Part of maturing is a connecting to, submitting to, and obeying the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And part of maturing is on us. Training ourselves. Like working hard at this. Pursuing this. Like digging in. Right? Because we don't build spiritual muscles by chance. By sitting on the couch. We have to work. And that work is empowered and graced by God. It's not on our own. We, we, we have to be connected to the Holy Spirit. We have to be connected to the power and the work of Christ. 
and we join him in what he's already doing. That's the beauty. And it, it says that he gives us the ability by being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to distinguish from what is good and evil so that we can choose, discipline ourselves to pursue what is good. 1 Peter 2 says, So put away all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and slander. Like newborn infants long for pure, pure spiritual milk, that by it they may grow into salvation. It's saying, put away all that stuff. It's okay when, you're, when you first come to Christ. Eat up that, those Eat up those foundations. Eat up these elementary teachings. Like embrace them because they are the foundation for what is to come, maturity. Ephesians 4, 29. I, I told you that this is throughout the New Testament over and over and over again. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. These are not part of us if we're pursuing Christ, when we're connected to the Spirit. We have to put those things off. And here's what it says. I know Gerald referenced this. That you, you, you put off the bad and you embrace the good. You put on the armor of God. Righteousness, peace, the gospel, the Spirit of God. You put on these things. You wear them and you hold on to them. It says, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Every day, put off and put on. This is how we, we pursue. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Put off these things that we know are not good because we've trained ourselves. We can put those things off and we can pursue what is right, what is good, what is holy. First Peter goes on to say this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Thank you, Lord, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a God's people. Once you had to receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, as people who are not of this kingdom, of the world, but of the kingdom of God, as sojourners and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Why? So that, when they, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. We have to walk in such a way that honors God, that glorifies Him, that lifts Him up, that is above as best as we possibly can as we mature in Christ and submit more to the Holy Spirit and live by His empowering grace. We have to walk in such a way that believers will look, that unbelievers will, will look and say, there's a God. Like, 
It's undeniable. God has transformed that person. God is working in that person. God's using that person. My neighbor, my friend, my family member. God, there's a God. Like, it's real. As children of God, we pursue righteousness and we proclaim His name. And we proclaim in two ways, the Scripture says. In our words and in our actions. We have to get out of the high chair and daily pursue growth, daily pursue righteousness, daily pursue the good works that God has already assigned for us. He has called us He has empowered us so that we can live in such a way that glorifies Him and causes those around us to say, I want some of that. I want some of that. There's something different. As Christ followers, as disciple makers, that's what our life has to be about. The picture of this grand masterpiece is the picture of a transformed and surrendered life. It's a picture of a Holy Spirit-empowered life. It's a picture of a righteous and fruitful life that is found in Christ as we submit to the work of God in our lives. I've been reading... John 15, 16, and 17 this week and just kind of meditating on it. It's one of my favorite sections of Scripture. Talking about abiding in Christ, that in Him, you know, we can, we, we can be fruitful and that apart from Him, we can do nothing. And then it goes on to that prayer where Jesus is praying for us and for the disciples and the future believers for us. And He's, he's praying that there, we would be unified in the love of God and that as he is in, as God is in him, that he is in us and that we would find ourselves in him. It, that there, there's a love that connects us and that empowers us so that we can live the way that God has called us. That, that we can pursue, the scripture says, perfection. Here's how it works. The picture that, that my pastor used to say a lot is there's, a, there's an onion, right? You got the dark, hard layer on the outside. You peel it. What happens? There's another layer, right? And you can peel that, and there's another layer. And you can peel that, and there's another layer, on and on and on. I think that's how God often works in our lives. We don't have to go from high chair to super mature you know, overnight, that God works on us. He's gracious. He is good. He is loving. He, he promises that He will complete a good work in us as we submit to Him. That we just take steps. Wherever you are in this journey, you know, wherever you are on, from baby to mature, we can always become more like Him. There's always, there's always room to grow. But in it, be gracious to yourself. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, recognizing that God's just going to take off one layer at a time. One layer at a time. So here's what I want you to do. 
What's God peeling off of you right now? What's God doing in your life right now that He wants you to embrace and allow Him to dig in there and just, you know, take one more layer off and, and help you become, by His grace, more like Him. And as we embrace Christ, as we pursue righteousness, God will use us in His kingdom. He will use us in His kingdom. He will use us to impact people's lives. He'll use us to fulfill the great commission of making disciples of all nations, teaching them how to obey. Amen? I'm going to pray for us. Lord, help us move on from the elementary teachings. It's a little bit daunting and it's a little bit mind-blowing that those are the elementary teachings. Those seem like the mature teachings. We know that they're the foundations that we have to have to mature in you. But God, there's so much more in your kingdom. Help us begin to, or continue, we've all been doing this, but continue to walk in this. Continue to grow. Continue to be transformed. Continue to become more like you. God, use us to make a difference in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen.